The Guardian. I'm Izzy Knowles and I'll be taking you through the point one, the super eights, the semis and the finals here on the bank of the curvaceous River Thames as 12 of the world's leading pilots fight tooth and nail for those all-important championship points. The season began in Abu Dhabi, moved on to the US for two stops, then over to Holland. Now, halfway through the season, the races decamp in Europe's largest city, London. And with the championship standing so close at the top of the table, it should make for an exciting day's racing. Brit pilot Paul Bonham has won three of the four races so far in the 2008 season, so another win on home turf should in theory be a walk in the park. However, arch-rival American Mike Mangold, who snatched last year's World Championship title literally from Paul's hands, also won here in London last year. So rightly so, Paul's not taking anything for granted. The London racetrack is very technical and features more air gates, a whopping 23, than any other race this season, making for a demanding course that will require pilots to be on constant alert to avoid penalties. I decided to find out a little bit more about the course and the challenges it will pose for the pilots. Talking to me now is Drew Searle, race director for the Red Bull Air Racer series. Hi, Drew. G'day. Uh, so tell me a little bit about your job as race director. Very hard to put in a nutshell, but uh, effectively I'm responsible for the flight safety and I control all the flight operations. So uh, we've just briefed the pilots and uh, when they go flying, I'll be controlling the race box, calling them in and uh, looking after any sort of safety aspects, um, uh, giving them penalties. Uh, the stewards work for me, the uh, helicopters work for us and, and really it's anything to do with flying and the runways and the aeroplanes uh, comes under my area. Okay, just quickly, can you talk me through the course? How technical is it here in London? Because I hear that there's 23 pylons. It's quite a lot. It's basically they go through the course twice, so really there's only uh, 11 that are there. But the interesting thing about this race, and it happened again last race, the course is pretty much identical. And the guys, before they flew it the first time, and said, this is going to be incredibly easy. It's very straight, how boring, middle of the river, that sort of thing. And they came back after the first training and said, oh my God, I can't believe there were so many turns in there. So it is actually a very, very challenging track and presented a few issues for the guys last year. The same thing happened this year. They came back and said, oh, last year's track was much better, which I found humorous because it's pretty much identical. They came back after the first training and it was, oh my God, God, that's difficult so uh, it is a very technically challenging track and there's normally about three to three and a half seconds between the gates here we've only got about two and three quarter seconds uh, between the gates and some of them are having to move quite a distance from one side to the other so that's a lot of turning a lot of g and a lot of precision what about the um, shape of the river thames does that have an effect on the design of the course Absolutely, because we have to stay clear of the crowds by a certain amount as well. That's defined in law. So it's quite a challenge to actually design a track everywhere we go, but particularly here on the Thames, it's uh, one of the more challenging tracks because we're trying to get some things like the Quadro in there, which is a big 270-degree turn. And these aeroplanes turn very, very tightly, but this is actually not a very wide river. So um, we're very happy with the track, and uh, that's why we didn't change it from last year. It was very difficult to improve on it. But yeah, the shape of the river defines the areas that we can fly in, and then we have to try and get uh, the manoeuvres of the aeroplane to fit into that area. So you've heard what the race director, Drew Searle, had to say about the course, but what do the pilots make of it? Hello, I'm Paul Bonham, and I'm from the UK. Hello, Paul. So how are the conditions out there? 
They, they look all right today, actually. It is a bit overcast, and the Americans are a bit concerned about the rain, but, of course, those of us who live here think it's all perfectly normal behaviour. So I'm looking forward to it. I think the main thing today is the wind is calmer than it was yesterday. Yeah, I have to talk about the weather, seeing as we are British. Um, so what, you've had practice, and I've heard you've been doing pretty well. Yeah, day one was a waste of time, because all I did was scare birds off the track and hit a load as well, so I felt very sorry for them. Um, but uh, yesterday was much better, posted the fastest time. And, uh, you know, very pleased with that. Yeah, I heard that you got a little bit of a dent from a seagull. In. Is that going to affect you in any way? No, it's not. We've repaired that. And, uh, you know, operations normal, as they say. OK, so I've heard that this track has uh, had a few complaints from some of the pilots for being a little bit boring because uh, it's quite straight. What do you make of it? Last year when we came here, we all looked at it on paper and said, well, that looks pretty boring. But actually, when you charge in at 250 miles an hour, it is very exciting. You know, just to watch, there's there's a lot of turning there's and there's a lot of tactics involved. You, you can just fly through it, but there's a lot of time to be made up by doing it in the right way. So currently you're in the lead of the on the championship table. Who are you most worried about biting at your heels? I think uh, a lot of the guys here, you know, Steve's putting in good times now. Hannes is doing very, very well because he's flying beautifully at the moment. Kirby and Michael are always a threat. Uh, you know, Peter's never far behind. Yeah, and, and Nigel put in a very good time yesterday. So, yeah, there's a lot of guys there. I'm, I'm, you know, a lot of people have said to me, well, you keep winning and you keep all coming second, so you just relax now. And my view is far from it. I'm going to keep going exactly as I've been going for the, for the whole of the year and, and see what happens at the end. So what's your game plan for today? Go quickly. Uh, use the warm-up as another little training session. And then, you know, do the usual technique of putting in a solid round for Q1 and then maybe pushing it a bit further in Q2. Brilliant. All right, Paul. Well, we're rooting for you. Good luck. Thank you very much. Joining me now, Hannah Sark from Austria, one of the youngest pilots on the circuit, uh, rookie from last year, doing absolutely fantastically well. Hannes, how long did it take you to get up to this sort of standard of flying? Uh, like 10 years I'm flying those aircraft, which is like not a very long time for compared to the other pilots. They are flying like 20 years and 30 years and much more. But uh, the thing is, I specialized on that kind of flying, and I'm, I'm good in learning from those pilots. Well, you are doing very well. Uh, second in Rotterdam, and uh, what, what's going to happen here in London? How are you finding things out there? I mean, it's tough. The course is uh, really challenging, especially with that weather and from my experience. But I try to give everything. Now I know that I can be fast. Uh, also, my net time from the training shows that I'm really one of the faster pilots. So I have to take the challenge, the pressure, try to change it into something positive and give the pressure to the leading guys and I'm just waiting that they do a mistake and once they do a mistake I want to be ready. So what, what do you think is the most challenging part of the course for you? Actually it's the run-in because the run-in you're really fast you have to be fast to, to put down a good time and gates are just flying a, around your your eyes and it just comes up really fast so if you survive the first part of the track and fly, fly the rest uh, in a very clean way I think then you're able to put down a really fast time. So that's my challenge and I will really try to be fast. So how are you going to mentally prepare yourself for this then? Actually, uh, I have my special uh, methods to prepare myself mentally. I can focus really good. Uh, I try to improve in that because I think there's a lot of potential in, in that kind of training. And uh, it should work better from race to race, but uh, definitely I can focus and that's what I will do here. So a bit of meditation and visualization work. Absolutely, but my own strategies. Go on, share them with us, Hannes. What do you do? I don't want to share them because it's like public and then the other pilots know it. I'm competitive, I have to be faster than the other ones and I need my secrets to be faster than the other ones. All right, we'll let you keep your secrets, but good luck. Thank you. Joining me now is Mike Mangold from the USA. Mike's particularly good on this course in London. Mike, how are you finding it out there? 
Uh, I am faring pretty well. Uh, I think because we have minimal training time and uh, the more training, the better for the other guys, I tend to do well you know, right out of the box. So what are the conditions like there for you? They're the same for everybody. Uh, they're fine. Uh, yesterday was rather blustery, so it was dip more difficult, I think, uh, yesterday's practice session. Today, not so windy, so I would expect everybody's going to be a little bit tighter and uh, less penalties. I mean, we had a lot of pylons go down yesterday, pylon hits, so we'll see today. Uh, you won uh, last year in London, so what are the most challenging bits for the course for you to overcome? Well, there's uh, only two technical aspects of this whole course, and that's the, the quadro turn and the, the half Cuban. Um, so that's where you can win or lose the, the race, I think. You can get gain or pick up the most time. Uh, probably the 270-degree turn, as what we saw yesterday is where people are giving up a lot of time. So how's the plane? Is it in tip-top shape? Have you made any modifications? It's as good as it can be. Yeah, it's as good as it can be. Well, yeah, we, we've done a few, maybe not the right ones this year, but... Uh, uh, we just can't do much because we've been on the road. Just very little time in between races. Okay, well, good luck out there today, Mike. Thank you. Enjoy. Joining me now is Kirby Shablis from the U.S. Kirby, you've turned into a speed demon recently. What's going on? Well, we're doing all we can. You know, we've made a few changes to the airplane that looks promising. So, uh, you know, we're here in London, happy to be here and uh, going to go out there and try to win this race. Tell me what's happening out there in London. How's the course? Uh, you know, the course has got some technical aspects of it, but a lot of it is a drag race. Um, you know, I like the technical part of it. Uh, the wind also is very dynamic because it can change depending on the direction and the velocity. It can change this track quite a bit. You had a fantastic run in Detroit. I mean, why was it so good? Um, you know, I mean, my, my run was very good. I mean, I was very consistent. I was running, you know, 112, 112, 112, all three runs. And, and the other guys were kind of all over the board. I mean, even Paul moved around. I mean, I think he had a 110, but when he went against me, you know, he made a small mistake and, and I capitalized on it. Um, but it would have been real hard for me with this airplane to run a 110. Are you looking to kick the British man's butt in London? Well, nothing would make me happier. <laughs> okay, so we'll, what's your game plan whilst you're out there? Well, it's always to go fast, you know, but you got you got to do it without penalties too. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do the best we can out there. And, um, you know, uh, I'm going to always go for number one, and that's what I'll do today and tomorrow. Brilliant. Well, I'm not going to say good luck because I'm British, but um, I hope you get a podium position. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's Sunday the 3rd of August 2008. I know, I know, I can't believe it, it's August already. And I also can't believe that we're halfway through the season for the Rebel Air Races 2008. Here's how the top of the championship table looks. In leading position is Paul Bonham from Great Britain with 35 points. A mere six points behind him with 29 points is Hannes Ark from Austria. Third place is American and 2006 championship winner Kirby Shablis with 27 points. Fourth place with 26 points is Mike Mangold, last year's overall winner. And fifth place is Peter Besnier from Hungary with 17 points. So it's pretty clear that it's that tight at the top of the table that the results from this event in London could change change the table dramatically. The crowds have turned out in their thousands, so I thought it only right to chat to my fellow Londoners about what they make of this event. Oh, I've come to see the Red Bull Air Race in London and uh, it's, it's a bit blowy, but I have to say it's amazingly spectacular. I mean, I've only seen a couple of planes through so far, but I understand they're probably the slower ones. So when the fast ones come through, man, it's going to be amazing. Is there anyone that you come here to support particularly today? 
the Brits, of course. I mean, uh, Paul Bonham? Absolutely, Paul Bonham. I mean, I, I think uh, it's really nice to see the Brits actually performing really well. I mean, the cricket team seems to be going down the pan a bit, but uh, to see these three guys in, in the top four in practice was incredible. Yeah, and Paul Bonham's at the top of the uh, world championship table and we don't often get the Brits in the lead, so it's quite exciting stuff. The crowds have turned out in their thousands, which is brilliant support for the guys. Have you ever seen anything like this before except for in movies? No, not at all. I mean, it's like something out of Apocalypse Now with the, the helicopters and the planes everywhere. So, um, yeah, hopefully there's no explosions, but it's, I'm really enjoying it. It hasn't even really begun yet. It's just amazing. I just I can't comprehend what these guys do and what they go through off in those planes. It's unbelievable. They're completely fearless, aren't they? And it's so much better live, don't you think? Yeah, it's, it's kind of you have to be able to see how close they are to the water and the actual noise of the planes. It's just unbelievable. Now, yesterday, the pilots had the qualifiers to ascertain who would race today in the Super 8 and who would be the bottom four pilots battling out for just one vital championship point. The qualifying session was a big disappointment for Britain's Steve Jones, who finished ninth and failed to win a spot in Sunday's Super 8. Jones, who took third two weeks ago in Rotterdam, will instead be competing with the four slowest pilots in the point one competition. So no bubbly for him, I'm afraid. Britain's Paul Bonham won pole position for Super 8, but incurred a €2,000 fine for failing to have his smoke on in the first qualifying session. Hannah's Ark of Austria was second. Mike Mangold took third, but not without incident. He was eliminated from the first two qualifying rounds due to mechanical failure. The wind is pretty strong today and there's quite a bit of cloud cover. There's patches of rain coming in. Um, the sun is trying to burn it up. All in all, not brilliant conditions for the pilots, so they're really going to have to be very, very precise today. So, without further ado, let's get on with the racing as we start with Point one. So we've just had point one. Sergei McManon, the Russian, decided not to fly today due to having flu. Glendale went first, followed by Steve Jones, then Michael Goulian. Michael Goulian hit a pylon in the quadro and got DQ'd, and Steve Jones came out with the winning point. The Brit's not happy that he didn't make it into the Super 8s, but he will be pleased about taking home at least one championship point. So we've just completed the Super 8s. First out of the gate was Alejandro McLean, who took out a quadro and then completely pulled out of the track. Second out of the gate was Peter Besnier, who got a time of 124.28. Third was Nicholas Ivanhoff, who got a time of 126.47, incurring no penalties. But I tell you what, the conditions out here are very windy. They are not good for flying this course. Fourth out of the gate was Kirby Shabliss, the 2006 champion, all the way from Arizona, who managed to come out with a brilliant time in these conditions of 123.63. Fifth out of the gate was a Brit, Nigel Lamb. He lives near Oxford. He kept it clean. He kept it tidy all the way around, right up until the end. Then he incurred a three-second penalty for incorrect level flying, ending up with a time of 127.46. Mike Mangold came out at number six out of the gate. He takes his racing very seriously. He's such an all-or-nothing flyer, very, very aggressive flyer, but he hit a pylon incurring 10 penalty points, ending up with a time of 
133.5. That's the first pylon that Mike has hit in 2008. Seventh out of the gate is Hannes Ark. He's blossomed in 2008. He's a very had a very, very, very fast start time. He kept it clean all the way round. And his newly designed flat canopy got him a amazing time of 121.25. Eighth out of the gate was Paul Bonham. He set the track time in qualifying of 118.23. However, he hit a pylon halfway round, incurring 10 penalty points. Can you believe it? This just underlines how competitive this series is, leaving it wide open. So going into the semis is Hannah Sark, Kirby Shabliss, Peter Besnier and Nicholas Ivanhoff. Out of three Brits that have raced today, not one of them is going into the semi-finals. So with four down, there were four to go. Nicholas Ivanhoff went head-to-head -head with Austrian Hannes Ark. With Nicholas first out of the gate, a clean run for Nicholas with no penalties, a respectable time of 124.48. Hannes was up next. He came out of the quadro, repositioned, and then bang, hit a gate, incurring a 10-second penalty, ending up with a time of 131.07. I tell you what, Paul Bonham will be happy as the championship stands standings will keep him a little bit safe at the top and the Frenchman's going to be happy Nicholas Ivanhoff because he's gone through to the final just had the second part of the semi-finals. Peter Besnier went head-to-head -head with Kirby Shabliss. Peter knew that he had to pull something special out of the bag in order to beat Kirby, and he has been known to do it in the past. He came out with a time of 123.5 dead. Kirby Shabliss flew next, incurring no penalties, and managed to just beat Peter Besnier with a time of 122.26. Kirby is through to the final against the Frenchman, Nicolas Ivanhoff. So into the third place, fly-off. Hannes Sarg flew against Peter Besnier and Hannes Sarg came out on top getting those all important championship points so the final saw Nicholas Ivanhoff go up against American Kirby Shabliss Nicholas was first up and with some carefree French abandonment he entered the track super fast he flew cleanly not incurring any penalties finishing with a respectable 124.62 if a little conservative Kirby had not a lot to beat and he was last to fly his flying was smooth it was controlled and it was fast and he came out with his second win for the 2008 series with a time of 121.28. That leaves him just two points behind Paul Bonham in the championship standings. Anything could happen. Budapest is next up. great downloads go to guardian.co.uk forward slash audio